On episode 214 of the Goblin Trashmasters, we're talking all about Standard in our Standard Sunrise episode. I think I might be more excited about the Standard Sunrise than I am about a tequila sunrise. Wow, that's that's a lot. Yeah, it is. One time, I saw Ashley overturn a bus full of nuns just to get a tequila sunrise. That explicitly never happened. I've got pictures of nuns weeping against the guardrail. That was the wailing wall that day. This isn't true, and I feel like you're just setting me up to accuse me of being anti-Semitic after the theme song. Let's talk some trash. That's my thing. Come on. Fine, let's talk some trash. Sounds worse now because I did it first. I hate it here. What's up, idiots? It's the Goblin Trashmasters, the trashiest podcast in all of competitive magic. Competitive carnies, you know, competitive magic with the carnies. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mangu is way better at the game, but we're definitely trashier. And yeah, we know he's Italian and pretty sure we still got him beat anyway. I'm Anthony and I'm not allowed to claim being Italian because I'm a pizza bagel. And speaking of being vaguely insulting towards the 12 tribes, Ashley is joining us this evening, as per usual. Say hello, Ashley. Anthony, no. Why? Why you, must you say you these know, things? You know why. <laughs> you, we, we, know, we all know why. In our group chat for this podcast, Ashley basically accused me of a blood libel. That oh. is not, no, not. He may be over-exaggerating just a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. I definitely <laughs> did not say anything about that at all. Now, Why are you like this? Well, Ashley played through one of my tabletop campaigns okay. about the blood libels. Mm-hmm. I did. It was called Blood Libels, <laughs> The Immutable Power of Words or The Sleepless Dreams of Clay. Oh, my gosh. Because he likes titles that are more in line with things from classic literature of the early 1900s. Yes. That, long that and ridiculous. Yeah, that read like long metalcore song <laughs> <Yes>. titles. <laughs> Whereas Ashley's more pr- prone to like, you know, titles like The Protocols of the Elders of Zion, for instance. Can we please move it? on to two, our topic today? Two or minutes he's just going to keep going. Two minutes in. Hey, uh, I will say, hey, I will say, Mangu may be full Italian, but I'm half Italian and half redneck. So that's much more interesting, maybe. I don't know. It's like you said, it's definitely trashier. So, ha. If, <laughs> if me being half Jewish and half Italian makes me a pizza bagel, then it's like being half redneck, half Italian, make you like a, a Chitlin's pizza. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love served that. at a gas station. <laughs> now, my grandfather was apparently, or so I'm told, was kicked out of the Italian army. For what? <laughs> yeah, what? And for my memory, for my memory, just what I was told and accepted uncritically, it was some, quote, it was some dumb bullshit. So unspeakable or, things. <laughs> or... No, he was just ADHD, and they didn't hadn't diagnosed that yet. Oh, and I was yeah. just like, he was just I, goofy. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's one of those family history things that, like, you you catch it when you repeat it when you're older, you know, and you're just like, oh, that's probably just a lie, right? Yep. Oh no, my childhood. <laughs> like, no, your parents were not going into their bedroom, and you needed to leave them alone because they were making important family decisions. Mm. That's something that I had some I had I had a white friend tell me and I was just like, oh, well, we don't we don't think that's what happened. Right. And they were like, yeah, like it was like we did family meetings, but it was just the adults. 
I said, mm. in their locked bedroom. Uh-huh. Yep. Okie dokes. All right. All right. Modern sunset, standard sunrise. Hallelujah. Anthony, <laughs> very happy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just flailing. I'm just flailing my arms about. Just being a just goofy, happy little guy. my head around. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm somebody's mom at a family meeting. And just <laughs> like your mom, I'm faking it. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, oh wow. boy. So who haven't we been mean to in this episode yet? By we, I mean uh, me. I, th- I think everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. At least yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so oh, wow. standard RCQ season is finally upon us. And there's one thing that I need you all to do. Let's fucking play standard. Just play standard. Just do it. Please. Please play so, standard. For like a lot of folks will tell me like, why do you always seem to own everything? And is it partially because of my disposable income and poor impulse control? Yes. But <laughs> a decent part of it is I always have cards early because I play standard. Because I play standard, getting prizing in packs usually means that I will have the chase mythic uncommons before people that exclusively play non-rotating formats, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I did not have to go nuts trying to crack down, like, go crazy trying to track down Surge of Salvation. So I was just like, oh, just you happen. always, you always yeah. just, when you open your packs for pre-release or a draft, or you're just like, this is standard, like, this is a color, part of the color hoser cycle, you always hold on to those. Whenever they make a color mm-hmm. hoser cycle, you get all the ones that you keep them. And mm-hmm. so, like, when Surge of Salvation ended up being good, and people were spending a dollar fifty per copy... And then having to get them shipped from four different places to have their play set. And they have to deal with TCG player. And they have to pay all that extra shipping. And they have to wait a month. And then after a month, three of them have arrived, but one of them hasn't. Mm -hmm. And yada, yada, yada. And then you have to go and order another one. And oh, they're $250 now. Also, this person will give you free shipping, but only if you get it up above $10. Annoying. Annoying. If when you play standard, you just have those cards. And you have them while, while they cost you $0. It's nuts. Like Modern Horizons and other direct to modern sets excluded, most non-rotating format powerhouses spent their spent their fair share of time dominating their respective standard format, right? Oh yeah. And I that's why I already own them. Like I was playing standard Rafine and I was just like, "Oh, got to get these Shieldreds now." And I was like, "Oh my god, $40 for Shieldred? Ugh, whatever. Yeah. Playing standard, playing buying these Shieldreds, and then they're at 80 now." And I'm going to be totally honest with you. By the time Chicago rolls around at the end of February, I genuinely believe they're going to crack $100. Yikes. Hands down, yeah. I mean, I believe it, but also, yikes. Um, I think Shieldred's a really good example of a card that is legal and standard that you should just have because it's good. It unlocks decks for you in standard, of course. But Mm -hmm. it also unlocks decks for you in Pioneer and unlocks decks for you in Modern. Mm -hmm. And you can just do stuff like that you have the flexibility and the thing is i always hear people talk about how expensive standard is i have two pieces of advice get better at magic just like get better at magic what's wrong (laughs) if you are like i don't understand how anyone loses money on standard ever like i really don't like if you play standard you identify what the good cards are before aspiring spike figures it out and puts them in a modern deck and then they become ten dollars (laughs) yeah like i don't i do not get it any tips on doing that oh just like Getting your getting your stuff, pick a deck, play it, and then play a different deck the next week. Okay. Just because when you when you are playing standard regularly, 
you're getting prized out in promo packs or current set booster packs, right? Mm -hmm. And you crack those open and you keep the rares, you keep the playables from there. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden, you will, before long, you will have a lot of stuff. Or if your store allows it, you can just not take those packs. Just or for the set boosters, play boosters, whatever the fuck they're calling it today. But just like, if you can take the store credit for that, then just cash in on something that is playable in that format. Do you know how many okay. people have texted me before RC Atlanta? We're recording this right before RC Atlanta, by the way. That are looking for stuff like Shipwreck Marsh, random things that are in standard. I need you to understand that a good example, and like I'm talking about just like money-wise for standard, I need to tell you that I have sold 20 copies of Blackleaf Clips over my time. Sold 20 copies of Blackleaf Clips for $40 cash each. And I, yeah, they were $40 at one point. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And then I went down to one playset, kept it, and then Blackleaf Clips gets reprinted. And they're a dollar now. So Ouch. now if I see Blackleaf Clips... I just buy all of them I can. They're yeah. playable and standard. I lend them out. I let people use them. Do whatever is necessary, you know? Just go yeah. nuts. And it's going to take a while before they crack back up to 40, barring reprints. Like, assume they don't mm -hmm. get reprinted again in the next, like, six years. It's going to take a while for them to creep back up to 40, but, like, not that fucking long. Like, if mm -hmm. they just don't reprint it for five years, that card becomes expensive again. And you know how you don't have to pay $120 for a play set of this and you get to get them for $4 instead? just by playing standard and yeah. that's the thing that gets missed with standard a lot of the time for me it's like cards are either format staples absurdly cheap or both and if you assume that you're just trying to keep up with your format staples then standard costs you like 20 bucks a season on average mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. insane to which me. is crazy yeah and I, I think another thing too is like blackleaf cliffs is a good point to make where it's like things are going to get reprinted into standard and like you know we're going to go back to Ravnica at some point Shocklands have always been printed into standard there are cards that are always going to be printed into standard and like to go for the throat is a prime example with Blackleaf Cliffs a lot of these cards you can see that they're going to be standard playable and they're just going to be reprinted a lot if you just have cards while playing standard hey it might come back around sometime and you know it's going to be mm -hmm. cheap like Shieldred's played in every format and it's expensive but Geological Praiser is standard legal now. It's not expensive. The bat is not expensive. Like, play standard, buy these cards, and hold on to them, and you can just play. It's, yeah, Shieldred's expensive, but the rest of the decks that play Shieldred are not. Like, Yeah, and that's my thing. It's like, how do you... I would get asked, how do you know, oh, this Deep Cavern bat, this is standard playable. How do you know mm -hmm. that? And I'm like, play standard. I know that my answer to a lot of questions I'm going to yeah. get asked is going to be... <laughs> play standard but like you just know that brain maggot is a constructed playable card in this mm -hmm. kind of format right you just understand that that's a thing how do you know that subterranean schooner is like a card that you want to get a hold of real quick because i've played standard like we'll talk about other things besides price i promise but i am warning you that my answer to most questions is going to be you like what should i do here you should play more standard mm -hmm. You'll never know until you try it, until you do it. Like, do the thing. Play Magic. It's like, why is this card, like, so hard to find? Why is it playable? Why is it good? Like Anthony said, just fucking play Standard and you'll see. And you just don't get surprised as much. Yeah. Well, and in building decks right now, the average cost of them is way less than it was five years ago. 
like if you if you average the cost of them, look at a bunch of lists, it's like less than five hundred dollars. But also with the way standard works, you don't have to go big or go home. You can play a budget deck. It can be competitive because standard is lower power format because the card pool is so much smaller. So you can do things like playing a mono red deck. That's one of the cheapest ones in the format, but it's right now sitting it in like the third to fifth. You know, it's been changing a lot, but yeah, still, yeah. you know, like that's that's a big deal, and it makes it much more accessible. Standard, I think, is an incredibly accessible format. Unfortunately, standard is significantly less accessible than it was uh, for reasons we'll discuss yeah. in a bit. But I think that. The fact is, is that your point of entry is just so much cheaper. Oh, yeah. It's just so, it's Miles so much cheaper than modern or pioneer. Yeah. Miles. Yeah. My second thing about playing standard is I think that this format is the single best way to develop individual skills mm -hmm. because the format changes constantly. Every three months, mm -hmm. it changes it's mm -hmm. slightly different. Sometimes those changes are really big. Sometimes the set releases and it upends the entire standard format. And sometimes it just adds some cards to the best decks and and we move on mm -hmm. and sometimes it doesn't really make any change at all okay but the big thing about because the format changes so often is that you can't just rely on brute force memorization of specific interactions on specific cards to carry you through games you have to you are forced to learn the underlying skills right you are forced to learn how do i interact with how do i play around a two mana counter spell here and that two-mana counterspell might be Mana Leap. It might be Make Disappear. It might be spell Rune Snag. It <laughs> might be Spell Stutter Sprite. And the thing is, is that in modern or non-rotating formats where stuff never leaves, the bar for something to beat another card is really high. And once once one two-mana counterspell is better than another two-mana counterspell, that stuff is kind of wasted. Like, go back to Mana Leak. Mana Leak was a card in Modern for a long time, and then Counterspell got printed into the format, mm -hmm. right? And now all of your skills about how to play around specifically Mana Leak and just, like, your your memorization of just, like, your curves and what moves you do to have an important spell being resolved with three mana open, like, that shit doesn't matter anymore. If you're really focusing on the underlying skills underneath all of that, underneath card specific stuff like you got you get into card specific stuff anyway you'll get there i promise but like it forces you to learn the skills because playing around one threat and effect is very much the same as playing around a different threat and effect in two months and a different threat and effect a year from that like there's a like every every standard season there is a card you need to be aware of and that card is threatened plus set mechanic gain control of an opponent's creature untap it it gains haste make a blood token Gain control of target creature and opponent controls. Untap it, it gains haste. You know, stuff like that. Like, it's just threaten plus set mechanic. What shitty Doomblade is legal in this standard set? Mm -hmm. Just understanding and building those skills makes your ability to learn new things more elastic. We're talking about prescriptive understandings versus descriptive understandings, right? Where... Mm -hmm. Like, if you're learning specifically about how to interact with exactly Mana Leak, you are being very prescriptive about Mana Leak. When you're talking about how to play around two mana counter spells, that's more of a descriptive understanding of how to do things. And again, I really believe that Standard is the training grounds where you get to learn that. And I really regret the use of the phrase training grounds because that is a very specific <laughs> card that basically has no analogs. 
<laughs> so it kind of undermines this point a little bit. And I oh, always find a way to do a little joke in there, even if it's by accident. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just focused on playing around Reckoner Bankbuster and nothing else, then you are starting from scratch when you're worried about what the interactions around subterranean schooner are. But mm -hmm. if you learn the underlying concepts and you've played standard for a long time, Reckoner Bankbuster is not the first time that you have played two mana card advantage card selection vehicle that pressures your opponent's life total because you played Smuggler's Copter before and you played Reckoner Bankbuster and you're playing Subterranean Schooner and you're just like, oh, okay, these all have a line drawn through them of similarities. And then when you've plotted that line out in your head, you're like, this is the same no matter which specific card it is that I'm worried about. You're so ready for the next one. You're miles ahead of the exclusive modern player who the next time some busted two mana vehicle gets printed has to relearn from scratch. You're miles ahead because you're like, no, 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 no. I've assimilated all of that information already. So I'm starting a mile in front of you. It's like every Dwayne Johnson movie. It may be a different title, but it's the same movie. Liam, yes. Liam Neeson murders non-Americans with ridiculous things like cups of coffee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like that. Like, it's, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're yeah. going to get. You can, yeah. you can kind of predict it. You can be like, oh, I see Liam Neeson on the poster for this film. I wonder what terrible thing happened that motivated extreme and ridiculous violence on his part. Oh, he's probably going to have a scene where he's going to gruffly grumble something vaguely threatening. You like, you know what's going to happen. I'm talking pattern recognition. I'm talking the fucking monomyth. I'm talking Joseph Campbell's monomyth, but applied to magic cards. Because everybody knows that. I, everybody listening to this knows that because I have mentioned Joseph Campbell like about 20 times on this podcast. I'm sure you have. I've been here the whole time. Yes. Actually, yeah, that's not entirely true, but most of the time. Most You've been of here the most time. of the time. Most of the all the time. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, there are general things that are always going to be true. And the mm -hmm. sooner you learn those, the easier it is to learn new things in the future. That's Play what standard. I'm looking forward to with standard. I, yeah. I need to learn to generalize those concepts better. And it, this is the format to do that with. I mm -hmm. spent a lot of time in Pioneer Modern focusing on the meta or how to sideboard correctly or how certain specific cards interacted. And, you know, with the poor ability to truly memorize that information, it caused losses. Oh, yeah, because you've got the coronavirus brain. I, I, I do. I do. It's, it's, it's hard it's for a, me. <laughs> it's a dollar general sponge in there sometimes. <laughs> it is. Yes. Very true. But, I mean, that... That caused losses I might not have had if I'd learned to generalize better, you know. And please stop looking at me like that, Anthony. <laughs> not like I've heard this from you a million times or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like stove hot, maybe grill hot too. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like where we're trying to go, right? <laughs> yes. Open flame hot. Mm -hmm. Radiator also hot. Maybe things metal with heat apply always hot. Why the cave Listen, like that? <laughs> you don't have to take it that simple for me, Anthony. I I can I can attempt all to available evidence suggests otherwise. Shut up. <laughs> Listen, so okay, to this point, right? So you all use phrases of so like doom blade. You say that there's a doom blade effect on something. Mm -hmm. That was a card <laughs> with that effect, yeah. and those effects keep getting 
reprinted through time, different names, maybe a little bit of a tweak, and you say mm. the Doomblade effect in standard, right? Yeah, I didn't exactly. play a fucking Doomblade. <laughs> I wasn't there. But now I've played Pioneer and I've played Modern, which have cards that have come through standard. And now I'm going into standard. I'm starting to see that trend go through where mm -hmm. I can I can make those connections, you know. It, and it goes back to just play standard, play, play magic, standard. just exactly. play standard. <laughs> but Ashley, yes. something I picked out that I loved, loved, loved about what you were saying was about sideboarding, right? Your understanding of sideboarding is extremely prescriptive. And now we work together to develop a sideboard plan for mono white humans. Mm -hmm. And I thought that you were taking to it pretty well. Like I was really pleased with a lot of the stuff you were saying and doing while we were talking through that thing. But being able to make a descriptive understanding for yourself of sideboarding makes sense. Because in modern, if you play against green, black, Yawgmoth in round one mm -hmm. and green, black, Yawgmoth in round two, what are we thinking? Maybe two cards different? Maybe. In the main? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. If you play against Esper Rafine, in round one of a standard event, and Esperafine in round two of a standard event, the main deck can have 10 cards different, and we would still comfortably call them Esperafine. Mm -hmm. It could have 20 different cards, and we could still comfortably call it Esperafine. Right. Okay? And mm -hmm. that's the big thing, right? Is because when you're playing against Tron in Modern, you know, I saw Tron land. This is Tron. I'm going to bring in my... Alpine Moon. Alpine Moon. Yep. Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah. See how quick that was? That's a prescriptive understanding, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But I believe at one point during modern season, I believe something I said to you was, oh, bring in your mana disruption against big mana decks. And that was and not And I looked at you helpful. with blinking eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, when you when you would just look at me, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is not helpful because your understanding is very prescriptive, not mm -hmm. descriptive. So I was giving you a descriptive instruction where right. bring in your mana disruption. In this case, your mana disruption is Alpine Moon against mm -hmm. your big mana decks. In this case, your big mana deck you're worried about is Tron. You can get away with being extremely prescriptive in non-rotating formats because they don't move around so much. Deck lists are kind of settled a lot of the time. So mm -hmm. you get away with being prescriptive in those as long as there's somebody helping you with a descriptive understanding, helping you kind of put it together and figure yeah. out what you need to do. But if you want to be able to do that for yourself, part of that is by finding a way to get a descriptive understanding of things. And a descriptive understanding of things, like we talked about with this Esper Rafine example, it's so mm -hmm. cool because your Esper Rafine decks can be so different. And your sideboard plan for them can be so different. Like, maybe you just are bringing in Sunfall against Esperafine. Maybe you're bringing in Depopulate. But you can always say these Rafine mid-range or aggro decks are always soft to sweepers. And you see how I've generalized yep. that out? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what happens when Rafine rotates out? Let's say Rafine rotates out, Sunfall's still in, and there is a different creature-focused aggro deck in the format that tries to deploy a powerful three-drop and get you dead as quickly as possible by pushing damage. You then are like, oh, it might not be Esper Rafine anymore, but it's the same it's the general same kind of idea, mm -hmm. and I still have Sunfall, so Sunfall applies. And then you fast-forward another you know, year, mm -hmm. and Sunfall's rotated out, and you still got this Esper aggressive mid-range deck, and you've got Sweeper plus set mechanic, right? Your Day of mm -hmm. Judgment plus mm -hmm. set mechanic, 
for five mana. Path of Peril is another one in standard, right? Yeah. Let's say you have a different Esper mid-range to aggressive deck and a different Sweeper. Your Mm -hmm. understanding now is descriptive enough that you can be like, Sweeper, good against mid-range. And it doesn't matter what the Sweeper is, and it doesn't matter what the mid-range deck is, but you are then able to make a generalization that lets you make good sideboarding decisions in the future, regardless of what card gets printed. Right. Well, because then when you're sideboarding, you take the deck, you look at the theme in it. What is what is their plan to win, right? And if it's mm-hmm. to deploy multiple creatures, then your sweeper is used and you know that your sweeper is for these decks or this type of deck, mm-hmm. right? So I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. It, you it start out vague and then mm-hmm. you get the like like Anthony said, where it's just like, oh, mid-range creature, mid-range deck, weak to sweepers. What is my sweeper? It's Sunfall, mm-hmm. put it in. You, you just look at the vague aspects of playing the game of Magic the Gathering, and then you get specific with what cards you have. And then you get specific because you're just like, oh, sweeper is good against mid-range. And then you're like, oh, Path of Peril, good against mid-range. And you're playing against some green-red monsters deck that goes like elf into three drop and only has three drops from then on mm-hmm. in. And you're just mm-hmm. like sweeper good against mid range. And then, then, you know, you touch it and the stove sizzles you <laughs> and you go, Oh no, Ooh, burn. We Bam. found now- it. My heuristic does not apply here. Ah. <laughs> Bad touch. Because <laughs> now, because my deck, this particular deck doesn't want to pay six mana for a sweeper now, you know? Yeah. You so. can't pay six mana for a sweeper. You could only kill two drops. I always forget that that card has kicker on it. Cleave. Please. Whatever. It's kicker. It's kicker. It is kicker. It's kicker with extra steps. Everything's just fucking kicker. Also, I hate that it's square brackets. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing some weird shit. I don't like it. It, it Square brackets are for arrays. All right, coder. Square brackets are for arrays, and arrays only put them in like carrots. Those are nice. Carrots are nice. That's true. They did the the animorphs. Or the fancy one. The fancy? No. No. (laughs) No. Actually, no, putting it in the Absolutely curly... not. No, I'm just joking. Putting it in curly braces would actually make a lot of sense. Like, honestly, Like, that's aesthetically prob- and, you know. Just, like, with what the curly braces mean, yes. What do the curly braces mean? I just think they're cute. The idea is that you could have some text, and then you can, in curly braces, in a lot of coding languages, in curly braces, that then means there's text, and then there's some amount of code that needs to be executed in the middle of this text. That'll nice. probably output different text, which makes sense. Because yeah. it says, hey, do all this, and then everything in the curly braces, like, if you paid, include this text, and if not, just leave it blank. Assume it's not mm. there. That would make sense. Also, probably, I bet you they u- didn't use curly braces, because I bet you they use curly braces for variable storage on test cards already. True. Okay. Yeah. Figure but yeah. it out. Does that make you feel better about the square brackets now? No, it's still... It's <laughs> of like, course not. No. <laughs> finding supporting evidence that something was wrong does not make it feel less wrong. But what is the other option? Just say wrong. kicker. Just, just say, say kicker, yeah. No, just, just say, say kicker. Just call, it, just call <laughs> it kicker. That's what it's it fucking true. is. It's true. Call it just, overload. It's just just kicker, but different font every every set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most mechanics are actually just kicker. Most mechanics or most mechanics like that? Just most mechanics. Most mechanics okay. are kicker. Everything's secretly kicker, right? Yes. Come on, get there. Ashley, generalize. <laughs> Let me hear you hear a mechanic that's not kicker. Tell me a mechanic that's not kicker. I... Any mechanic that's ever been printed in Magic. Well. Multi-kicker. You got it. We cracked it. (laughs) Jesus. 
Actually, what? These are rectangles that you look at all the time and you're on the spot so you're blanking now. Yes, of course I am. Yeah, is like it Like the card, is this... go blank. My brain hurty. <laughs> Literally can't though. The things I keep thinking that are other words on cards are not an actual mechanic. Cleave is just kicker. Mm-hmm. Right? Overload. So, Overload okay. is just kicker. Mm-hmm. Morph. Morph would, is just kicker for creatures. Would metalcraft count? That's not that's not a mechanic, right? That's the word that kept popping into my head. Sure. Yeah. Or is it? it counts. Yeah. Kicker is have three artifacts. Okay. Have this, yep. something else happens. I did it. I got there. <laughs> <It's a stretch. laughs> that was a stretch. <laughs> All right. Third thing. Playing standard has literally never been easier to do in the history of the game of magic than right the fuck now. Mm. We have Magic the Gathering Arena. Arena. Mm. And you are able to play an absurd number of standard games for little to no monetary investment on your part while you are sitting on the toilet. You sure can. You can take a shit and grind standard. Welcome to 2023. Although playing on your phone just looks horrendous. It's so small. Yeah, because you have broke bitch phone. Listen. If you got like a real phone, it's actually not that bad. The size does... I almost said the size doesn't matter. That's also true. But it's not the size what? of the subterranean scooter. It's the motion in the underground sea. Oh, my God. That needs to be the subtitle. First Whoa. off, it's underground river. Get the standard blue black land right, Anthony. <laughs> Isn't that like just your Twitter bio? Come on. This should be now. Oh, I need to change my Twitter bio. What's the we need to figure. No, no, no. I think I think it's up to date. Yeah. Hold on. Let me check. Let me check. Is it underground check. river or sh- shipwreck marsh? It's neither of those. Those both come into play untapped. My Twitter bio is whatever the standard oh, blue black yeah. tap land is. Because the game I, life one. I have played so I played so fucking much. I've played so fucking much of the tap Demir lands. The Demir Guildgate. <laughs> yeah, let me actually look right now. My profile. It was like when we were watching watching the VODs. I believe you were playing Rakdos and you kept putting in the tap land instead. Yeah, like, I love I love an excuse to play a tap land. Yeah, it's great. Just like I love that tap land. Oh, it's still ice tunnel. I'm gonna change that. Mm. Oh, that's from Caldheim. That's a while ago. That I is a while ago. Blue black tap land. Okay. Sorry. Sidetracked. Still, I mean, I'd prefer to play in paper, and I think most of you Always. would too. But if you're anything like me, then you run into situations where you like get to the end of an RCQ and you didn't win, right? And there is no time in my life that I want to play matches of magic more than immediately after I don't win an RCQ. Yes, <laughs> we have heard this multiple times. I'm so heavily motivated. And like sometimes you drive home from an RCQ whatever and you fire, You can do it with Pioneer and you can do it with Modern, but that means firing up Moto and then handling your rental shit. Mm-hmm. And then getting the stuff together and starting a league and doing all the thing. And it's like 30 to 45 minutes to get everything all set up and done. On Magic Arena, it's like 20 seconds. You launch you it. You press a button and you're playing. And then you you click. And it goes, makes aggressive sounds. All the video game noises. <laughs> yeah, it makes card crashing sounds. I believe that's what Jeff Hoagland's son called it. Card like crashing? Hoagland. Yeah, when Jeff Hoagland used to stream magic <laughs> his son called it the card crash game because the cards would crash into each other that's cute i like that i i okay unpopular opinion i genuinely like jeff hoagland i mean he's a shitbird but like pretty high you he's have high a history of this yeah. yes well like he's like kind of shitty to people but in my experience 
he's shitty to everyone who deserves it, and then some other not deserving people get some splash damage on it. Yeah. But I prefer yeah. that to being nice to shitty people. Fair. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. But Fair. I think that you, it's so easy to play Magic. If you're playing Standard, it's so easy to play Standard. So easy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are also plenty of YouTube videos online for building decks in Arena, too. So, like, if you aren't familiar with it and you're just starting, there's all kinds of resources. People are testing new decks or they're doing crazy wacky things. But a lot of people interact with Arena a lot more than they do paper. And so they'll mm-hmm. just they'll have lists of what what decks are being played in Arena because those are the ones that they constantly see a lot of those will hit the ones that you're seeing in paper and standard as well. So, Yeah, the metagame is different, but not by that much. And also, just just get a good list from MTG Top 8. My suggestion is if we're going to go over this, because we have uh, MTG Arena Basics video lined up, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not going to go too deep into it now, but generally speaking, just get a good list once. For the same reason that I recommend play a real deck in non-rotating format. Even if Mm -hmm. you're just trying to build a collection, because when you buy the cards for a real deck, those cards are real and exist in other decks. And they're not, you buy them and they are only good for this. Like, and never for anything else. And, like, even for me, just, like, I'm not as crazy as Anthony where I'm, like, right after the RCQ that that I I didn't win, I'm going and playing. I wait a day, at least. But (laughs) going from modern into, into standard, like, modern season's over and like a couple weeks ago i just started jamming as much standard as i could possibly do and i'm looking back and i played so much magic just on arena playing standard just doing nothing like it's never been easier to just not only play the standard format and play magic but actually get you know valuable testing from it and like figure out a format no no i hate it yeah yeah the arena players are actually trash i take that back you, you can get a figure really out a good, format at least. <laughs> you can get a really good feel. You yes. can get a really good feel for stuff. I was about to say, after you were done, I was like going to be like, yeah, but this is not testing. No, not no. How, like, if you want to figure out a format, eyes. do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a feel for a deck, it's really good because the way things move around an arena kind of mirrors how you move them in real life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can you kind of get into your flow of my draw step. Okay, and my thing. I'm playing that land. It feels and flows much more like you're playing paper magic than magic online does mm-hmm. so you get a good feel for your deck and you get a good feel for your opponent's decks and stuff like that i like the balance of arena and paper as well because you when you play an arena you can't miss your triggers which we all know is a weakness for me right because it literally and everyone won't let you. true it's a weakness across the board this is not yeah. a, yes d- yeah. like just so you it's know not just this you. is not an it, ashley specific thing yeah but we all do it mm-hmm. right but it it won't let you miss those because it's prompting you but also mm-hmm. it teaches you, I'm hoping it will continue to teach me to think of those things when I see it in paper. Because when you're in paper, you've got to remember that. You've got to create the trigger in your brain, which is still really hard for me to do, that when this thing happens, X thing happens that you're responsible for on mm-hmm. the table, mm-hmm. you know? Because you are the pilot and you are the engine. I also would say like it's, you know, it's it good to do paper and online, whether it's arena or, or MTGO. And, you know, it's it's tough where when you play online, it does it all for you. But also it it shows you what cards actually do. So when you actually play in paper, you know exactly what these interactions are and are not going yeah. like, oh, this is how it works. And then a judge gets called and you figure it out later. Like you do. It's like, oh, I didn't know how I didn't know it. This card interacted in this situation that way. I'll remember that for when I actually play in real life, play in a paper tournament or like a weekly. It won't let you do it wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think that for me personally, after I didn't, if I didn't win an RCQ, I was in a situation constantly where if I didn't win the RCQ, I didn't want to go to sleep until I 4 won the league with the deck. That's some crazy people shit. I mean, just go home and 4 won a league. It's so easy. <laughs> just trophy or whatever. Just get your shit done. Also, playing in paper at weeklies means you have the opportunity to get promo packs, and those promo packs will have a code in there that you can put into Arena to get packs on Arena. So, yeah, yeah. Even and though there's a of, limit per standard set, I believe. Lots you of still stuff have we're to... yeah, five. Lots of stuff we're gonna cover in the MTG Arena basic. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. we'll we'll save that. Playing standard has never been easier. Mm-hmm. Never because been of easier Arena. to do. All right. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about in defensive standard. We're Closing gonna zoom arguments. out. We're going to zoom, not quite yet. I got one more point than closing argument. Okay. Um, we're going to zoom out all the way and look at the game as a whole. I truly and honestly believe that without standard, competitive organized play for Magic is not sustainable. Without a healthy and robust standard format, it is not sustainable to keep playing Magic the way we love to play Magic. We've seen it happening for the past few years. Without an organic demand for standard singles, the price of the singles plummets. And then no local game store has any incentive to crack product or supply these singles to players because the effort to value ratio is is so tits up. It's so awful. Dominaria United was mostly shieldred or bulk for a chunk of its time in print. Stores were just not opening Dominaria United. Mm Mm-hmm. In spite of the fact that it had playable standard commons, uncommons, and, you know, standard rares, the problem is is that when the standard, like, we all love cheaper cards, cheaper cards, cheaper cards. Mm -hmm. But then when the cards get so cheap that it's less than the cost of the stamp to ship it, no store is going to pay for a stamp to ship that card. And if nobody's shipping them and nobody's selling them, they don't have value. It's not worth it to open it and sort it and then pull it when somebody asks for I need a horn lock whale. Like, this is a standard playable that in the past would have been about a dollar, two dollars. And you're just like, yeah, absolutely. I will go ahead and do that. But instead, mm-hmm. horn lock whale is 10 cents and Shieldred is $80, mm-hmm. you know? And the LGS just doesn't have any incentive to deal with anything. They just want to deal in Shieldreds. They, like, assume your LGS only wants to buy or sell cards that they can make more money on. Then they pay in labor to have that card sorted and then pulled when somebody goes and gets it, right? If that's not the case, it's bad. And your LGS doesn't have any incentive to carry singles and they just won't do it. And if they don't carry singles, and this is what we're, this is the stage we're in right now, where a lot of local game stores are just getting out of the singles game altogether. And even some larger stores are. Troll and Toad recently said, we're not touching magic singles anymore. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Wild. Then the number of readily available low cost to these like, you know, one do- these cards that should be a buck, a buck fifty, two dollars, three dollars. They're just not around. Your mythic uncommons, your surge of salvations, your bitter triumphs, mm-hmm. they're hard to get a hold of. And it makes it harder for you to play standard. And that means that fewer and fewer people are finding it valuable to open them, which makes fewer and fewer people able to get them, which makes it less valuable to open them which makes it so that fewer people get them, and it just keeps spiraling downward mm-hmm. until people need for a standard season or maybe a Magic Con, like the mm-hmm. Chicago one in February coming up. All of a sudden, then, 
you have to get this bitter triumph. You have to get the surge of salvation for your standard. You have to get this or that, yada, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, the only stores that actually have it, find it worthwhile and monetarily viable for them to actually do this are mega shops. I want you to go on TCG Player, and I want you to, when you're shopping around looking for stuff, look at the quantity in most people's carts. The LGSs, you know, you think they're, they're wanting to stick at about like 10 to 20 copies of things, mm -hmm. but we most don't see... Single. Yeah, we don't see that anymore. We see the one mm -hmm. copies, your backpack grinders, yep. you know, the people that are just going on TCG Player to pretend that they're working a job and mm -hmm. are just hemorrhaging money. And new ones come and replace them, but they don't last very long. And, you know, if people keep not making money on it, they're going to not do it. There's going to be more leaving than there are coming in to replace. Them. That's a declining population, the backpack grinder on TCG Player. And your mega shops. And you'll look at it and you'll be like, hmm, one copy, one copy, two copies, one copy, one copy, 15,000 copies. And these mega shops have like the ability to sort stuff with multiple machines and get their labor costs so low that they can actually compete in that marketplace. But the problem is, and we've learned this in the real world with Amazon, is that if you allow one mega corporation to become the cheapest and squeeze everybody else out, and you don't take steps to preserve those small businesses in the marketplace, then what happens is everybody else is gone, and then there is one person that determines how much your fucking horn lock whale costs. Right. Not good. Which is not good, because yeah. you can see the spread on some of these mega shops, right? Mm -hmm. You can wonder, why is Shieldred $80? There's just like a lot of them. in. And you can see the spread on these stores. They have all of the copies of Shieldred that are in the wild, yep. they own them all. So Shieldred is an $80 card. Look at the spread on these mega stores. Somebody's doing something for like, somebody's selling Shieldred for 80 bucks. Look how much they're buying Shieldred for. They're buying Shieldred for like 30 cash. What? What? Yeah. That's more than 100% spread yeah. on mm -hmm. that. Why? Why is that so weird? It's a high demand card, but they've got a bunch of copies. Why is the, they, they, they like, because they can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it all comes down to people not playing standard. Mm -hmm. If yep. more people play standard, there are more Shieldreds in the wild right now. Mm -hmm. There more are more Shieldreds. need to have them. More shops who need to have them. More shops who need to have your Zephyr Sentinels. I want to be able mm -hmm. to go into a game store and buy a place out of Zephyr Sentinels for a deck I'm planning on playing that night. Like, and that's, this is a recent problem. This is a recent issue, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a thing that we had to deal with years ago. No. And the reason for it is because with standards declining popularity, and arguably a lot of that was mismanagement during, like, Kaladesh of the, of the standard format, right? Admittedly. But then a lot of it was just people just like, nah, I don't want to. Okay, and we didn't get any standard players to kind of replace them. And without those standard players in there, all of a sudden, this... We started down this spiral. Mm -hmm. And there, there are two things that should be very apparent to you right now. Is that multi-format staples are more expensive than they have ever been. I need you to understand that for a long, for a chunk of time, Geist of St. Traft was the best card in standard. Shut up. I understand it was Vapor Snag, but roll with <laughs> me. That Geist of St. Traft was the most powerful card in standard, was the most powerful card in modern, and was the most powerful card in legacy as well. 
at the mm. same time. It was 20 bucks. Okay. That's a big difference. Because people, people played standard. Mm-hmm. Standard modern pioneer right now, mm-hmm. Shieldred, 80. Multi-format staples are more mm-hmm. expensive now than they have ever been, even if you adjust for inflation, period. Mm-hmm. And the second thing you should have noticed by now is that playable commons and uncommons are difficult and time-consuming to track down. Yes, yes they are. Mm-hmm. These are symptoms of the issue I'm describing. All of this seems to be centered around a lack of standard that is allowing opportunistic megastores to kind of move in and squeeze people out. Because at the end of the day, remember that you are not playing your games of magic in one of these mega shops. They are a warehouse. Mm -hmm. They are a warehouse with one air-conditioned office in it. Mm -hmm. You are not playing magic there. If they had to sell off their inventory and went out of business, those cards would still exist and they would be moving around and you could be buying them from places where you do get to play magic. The Mm -hmm. store in your town that lets you play magic, yeah, you might have to spend more for sealed products to shop there. Get the fuck over. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do not buy sealed magic product from Amazon because you cannot play magic at Amazon. They will Mm -hmm. not let you do it. I have tried. Of course you have. I've seen this. I've been trying to get my deck together for standard and I'm trying to support my local game stores. I've been looking for a bunch of cards and they don't have them. Yeah, you like want to get four Phoenix chicks for Mono Red, and they're just like, yeah, we don't have four yeah. Phoenix chicks. What? No. That, yeah. card's, or, that card's 10 cents. Why would I stock that? Yeah. Why would I keep up, take up space? It's like that card is not worth the space in my inventory because the card is so cheap. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, closing argument. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we completely ignore card pricing and the secondary market, availability of these cards makes it harder and harder to get events to fire. Playing standard lets a standard scene exist and lets an lets there be an effective on-ramp for new players that are trying mm-hmm. to get into the game. And if they can do this for less than $100, that's great because people are able to hop in and play for a bit, build up some powerful cards, their time in standard, take their prize packs, add stuff in, buy some stuff here, buy some stuff there. They're like, wait, mm-hmm. I'm halfway to Pioneer Rakdos midrange. What the hell? This is yeah. awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Currently, as of right now, the most common onboarding to competitive play the most current onboarding path to competitive play is not through standard but it's through commander and that's a problem because commander has a way lower conversion rate like standard people that show up for fnm standard that move into competitive magic has a conversion rate like like people do it it's not Mm -hmm. unheard of people that go from commander into competitive magic can like has to be below one percent yeah has to be below a tenth of a percent right it's got a shit conversion rate. And not only does Commander have a way lower conversion rate, but it also makes new players in competitive formats less skilled than they have ever been. New players are worse at magic than they have ever been. New players always kind of sucked, right? Like that's part of being new. You suck at the thing. For sure. But yeah. they well, are not game. just but they are not just inexperienced right now. They are coming in with actively bad and harmful heuristics that make them yes. worse at magic. Mm-hmm. I'm an, and, I'm an example of that. I came from Commander, and there have been things that I have been unlearning in competitive play because of Commander. I believe I remember you played Commander at one point. I don't know if I was playing or not with you, but I remember I watched you take your Commander and like stick it so it was sticking out of the side of the deck. Mm-hmm. 
And I think I just lost my mind. I was like, what the, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is this? What, are, what on earth are you doing? Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. it, that, that's the thing that happened, right? Yes. That is a thing that we would do at our table sometimes. And I was just like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. This is this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I was like, what? Don't we care about the integrity of the, the position of stuff in the library? Why are we just putting some cards that sometimes go facing the wrong direction in a library? Are we... Are we just like really weirdly trying to track a position of a card in a library? I was like, what's going on? But it was literally just, oh, this was a thing that I did because, you know, we're Space playing on the table. counter. Remember yeah, yeah. that it's there. Yeah. Whatever. Bad reasons, but they exist. Bad, bad reasons, but like there was never a judge to tell you cut that shit out. No, so yeah. then if there's no one that tells you to cut that shit out, you come and do some shit like that and competitive play then you're going to feel flustered and bad because somebody called a judge on you immediately because mm-hmm. you're taking cards out of your graveyard and you're putting them face down in play to represent tokens. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. This episode's just turning into list of reasons why Anthony <laughs> wants to bite people. <laughs> oh, I'm, get, I'm, making my, I'm getting flustered. I'm making myself so upset right now. Ugh, I hate oh. it. Ugh, I hate it. D- deep breaths. Deep breaths. No. The commander players aren't here to hurt you. The commander players are inside the call. Oh, God, they're in the walls. <laughs> but just remember that if they come in and they suck worse than they ever have, that they're way more likely to get discouraged. We expect a magic player to kind of stick around for eight years. Mm-hmm. And people kind of have to get over that hump of like, oh, my first few weeks, I'm getting my teeth kicked in. But when you're coming, when you're onboarding into competitive magic is through commander, you have to spend your first two weeks just learning the basics of the game. Yes. And then etiquette. if you stick with it, then you get to go on to competitive etiquette and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then you get to start learning how to how to how to play well before you you have to learn how to play first before you can learn how to play well. So mm-hmm. it doubles the time they spend getting their teeth kicked in. A lot of them get discouraged and fucking leave. I don't blame them. You know? It's almost like, like Commander's a completely different game than what Magic the Gathering I dr- I strongly is. believe I strongly believe this, and I heard it said, and I, I I believe it so strongly, that magic is not a game. It's a rule set. Yes. Yep. And within that rule set, there are a bunch of different games that you can play, like Mario Party. Waluigi. It's a me, Mario. And like we were talking about before, the cost, the cost is too high. It's too high to onboard people into Pioneer or Modern, and onboarding somebody into... Modern means that that's they have to pay a, a grand, which is profoundly yeah. unrealistic. Yeah, and even unrealistic. if they had the money available, the complexity mm-hmm. and the specificity of the format makes it so much harder to break through. And those same issues exist, although less pronounced in Pioneer, right? But standard, you're in a magical place where, think about it this way, the playable effect of Counterspell in Modern mm-hmm. is so much better than Mana Leap, Right. Yes. The gap between those is humongous, humongous, humongous mm-hmm. gap, right? So if you don't have Counterspell and you have to play Mana Leak instead, your deck is significantly worse. Now let's look at that same example in Standard. I don't have Bitter Triumph, so I have to play Go for the Throat. Mm-hmm. The gap between those is so much smaller. So if you yeah. don't have the card and you have to play something else, it's not setting you back. It's not like, hey, you suck and you're learning. World, yeah. mm-hmm. You suck and you're learning. You get to start 20 paces back from the starting mm-hmm. line or the same starting line as everyone else. Instead, you get to start at roughly the same-ish starting line. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. important. 
Moving away from standard as the primary way to play magic has made the game more expensive, has made it harder to play, has made it harder for small businesses to turn a profit, and it's funneled tens of thousands of dollars away from businesses who support organized play of the game we love and into the hands of mega shops and TCG players. And the idea that you have to scrounge and scrape to be able to get a deck together and that you might not be able to get the cards you need in time at all is a recent one. And it's a one that's easy enough to reverse. We can turn back the clock on this. Just fucking play standard. Just play standard. Do it. Just do it. Play standard. So much standard. Idiots. All the standard. All the standard. And Anthony will be happy. Arena and paper on the toilet in your attic at your mom's funeral because she died because you didn't help her out of that hole because you were too busy playing. Because you were standard. playing standard. <laughs> She's like, "Son, please help me. I'm starving to death in here." And you're just like, "Hold up, hold up. I'm gonna crew my subterranean schooner attack. I'm gonna trigger to explore real quick." Hey, you hear that, mom? I explored, and she's like, "Please, my teeth are please gone. Please help. <laughs> I didn't die from the fall. I've been here for weeks. It's the malnutrition that's getting me." Oh my gosh. Well, I like that in that little story example we Karen Carpenter, an imaginary person's imaginary mom. Yeah. That... Wow. Oh. <laughs> I was just listening to the Carpenter's Christmas album. You do today. love that album. I really do. <laughs> Featured in every Christmas I've known you, so. <laughs> That's true. It's a tradition in Anthony's house, playing standard mm-hmm. and that album. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the Carpenter's Christmas album. The Tammy P. Christmas album is a classic one. Tammy P no. is an anthropomorphized Christmas tree with arms. Oh, why do I? I remember the image of this album more than I remember the music. I saw Mommy fucking Santa Claus. Classic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember now. Mm-hmm. Apes, also the Dustin Kensrue, This Good Night is Still Everywhere is a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So real quick, we're going to talk about the standard format that you are going to be bussing. Run through it. Bussing into. Bussing. <laughs> bussing. Okay, because as of today, the time you are listening to this, yesterday was the last day of Modern Season. There are no more Modern RCQs. It's done. It is done, which means that Standard Season starts today. So we're doing a little snapshot of where the Standard format is looking like right now. And there are some main decks. Mono Red, Blue White X Aggro, mm-hmm. Rafine, Soldiers, Tempo, any of the Blue White and whatever. There's a Boros Convoke deck. There is the Green Black Rock deck. There's Domain Ramp, but it's probably dead. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being like, I'm going to tap seven lands and put in a tracks track play. And you're just like, but what like, if I Tashana's <laughs> Tide bindered it? Oh, wait. Doesn't have Flying, <laughs> Vigilance, Death Touch, or Lifelink. Also, you don't get any cards back. Enjoy your seven mana seven seven. Any of the white base control variants, like the Eternal Wanderer and just taking forever, getting basic planes into your hand. And the black base shielded control variants, the ones that are just like, I'm going to use a bunch of point removal spells and then just like put a shielded. Shielded. Yep. There's a lot to look at here, right? But remember, the goal of any standard format at first is not to memorize specific cards, interaction, to focus on like the roles of cards. What's their threat that comes down under make disappear on the play? What's their, what's the card that's there to make their Doomblade effect look stupid? What's there to catch you up when you're behind? What's there to push the advantage when you're ahead? The specifics of individual cards should be secondary to the roles that they play for a deck's game plan, okay? Because the specific cards, what's going to happen to them? They're going to rotate out. They're going to rotate out. 
but most decks need to have those roles covered. And cards that cover multiple roles are usually the most impactful and powerful cards in a format. Shieldred the Apocalypse, for example. That's a five toughness, four power, life-gaining creature that stonewalls aggressive decks that are trying to attack you with creatures, gains you life, and then also turns the game around and makes them lose life. So even if you're playing defense, their life total is still going down. Mm -hmm. She's good when you're ahead. She's good when you're behind. She's good at catching you up. And and it also, she insulates herself from answers just by if you have to dig for an answer to find one. That means drawing cards and reducing your opponent's life total further. Because Shieldred fills multiple cards really well, I like to say that cards like this are like generically powerful. They're just very good cards because they are good ahead, behind, while you're at parity, any of it. No matter what situation, it's good. As of right now, there are some main interactive spells that you should be aware of in modern and standard. Tried all of them. I tried all of them. Eventually got it right. <laughs> we, we haven't been talking about it for this, this whole episode. Make disappear. What else we got? Go for the throat. That's a good one. Cut down. Cut down, yeah. Sunfall, the Wandering Emperor. It's sweeper. We've got Farewell as another sweeper. Mm. The Wandering Emperor, you said? Wandering Emperor. Yeah. Archangel of Wrath. It's, a, it's another threat that's, or interaction point, rather, and a threat. <laughs> it's kind of a threat and an interaction. Like, it, it does all the things, pretty much. A, yeah, Tashana's Tidebinder. Yeah, the, the fish lady that'll get you. Two mana removal spell, Get Lost, that's been very versatile. Yeah. Disdainful Stroke. Stainful Stroke is one of those that you got to worry about. So these are points that people are choosing to interact on. So when you kind of have those in mind, you kind of get an idea for what the format looks like. And these are the threats. These are the things that are fucking killing you right now. (laughs) Number one, easy. Shieldred the Apocalypse. That thing gets you so fucking fast. Look at them legs. That card, I was so low on that card when it got released that I was just like, oh God, I was wrong. Like that card just ends the game so quickly. And just... I don't know, I just get to just like jam Shieldred and then like Treasure Cruise. That's what I'm doing. I'm prepping for the Pioneer it's, it's RC right now. <laughs> yeah. Speaking uh, of the lady that... Yeah, Rafine, you said, Ashley? Mm-hmm. Rafine, yeah. the Interior. Another yeah. lady that gets you dead quick. Yeah, that'll end the game quickly. And it's unfair, too, because you're trying to find an answer for Rafine. Meanwhile, Rafine gets bigger every turn. And also your opponent's has hand gets one. better. Yeah, it's got Ward 1. Rafine gets bigger every turn. Mm-hmm. And your opponent's hand gets better and better every time yep. they get to do it. Like, they get to sculpt their hand until it's perfect. When you're when they're like, Rafine, attack, draw 4, discard 4, and you see them put 4 gas cards in the graveyard, you're like, fuck. You're like, shit, mm-hmm. this is not I'm good. So, <laughs> these were the 4 worst cards in their hand. I'm so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Traxa, although again, that one's probably on the downswing. Yeah. Herd migration. It's like, oh, that's a threat. Yeah. Wandering Emperor. Wandering Emperor again, threat and an answer. Chrono mm-hmm. Seed Shark. I like that guy. Ooh. It's the. I like that shark. Two, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's the 2 4 flyer for two and a blue mm-hmm. that lets you incubate X where X is the CMC of the spell you just cast. It's, uh, it's the, sh- the shark season, py- or the shark young peasy. There we go. <laughs> yeah. The virtue of loyalty Not a is card. it's a it's like you know it's a flat it's 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 a fucking oh who cares it's just the Celestia charm that then turns <laughs> into the, the back half of virtue of loyalty is so easy to cast five yeah. mana and it's just like untap all your stuff put plus one plus one counters on graveyard trespasser annoying mm-hmm. Lissa Sunslayer and oh, Inti Lissa. the Seneschal of the Sun Inti that card is like a threat and an engine and it also 
is really good at putting stuff out of the way of damage-based removal yep. and blocking Love it to, as a removal option for them. It's tough. Here at the Goblin Trash Masters, we love competitive magic and we want to see it flourish. We know that there are tons of local game stores that want to run competitive events like RCQs, but might not have the resources or experience to be willing to try. Maybe they have tried, but they're a little nervous about getting back on that horse. We're excited to announce a new program all about Comp REL that we're calling the Comp REL Assistance Program, or CRAP for short. CRAP is there to help your small or medium LGS run Comp REL events like RCQs by providing them with support and materials necessary to run an outstanding event. Competitive integrity is our top priority, and we can help your store to break into the market of listeners like you. CRAP support involves either assisted hosting or remote consultation with our hosts who have a combined 23 years of tournament organizing experience. All participating stores receive a kit that contains everything they need to run a great and accurate event with things like an in-store event poster, table tents, deck registration sheets, and plenty of stickers and tokens to give out. Best of all, this assistance program is completely free of charge for your LGS and always will be. We offer assistance in the form of remote event planning via consultation or in-person hosting for stores within range of the Lexington, Kentucky area. Our goal is to do our part to support competitive magic, not to try to make a profit off of your LGS. If you think that your LGS might be interested, have them reach out to us via our website. The instructions are available at www.thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. That's www.thegoblintrashmasters.com thegoblintrashmasters.com slash crap. Spelled C-R-A-P. Like how a child would say shit. Wait, that's been that that's been like that the whole fucking time? None of you fucking told me. We can't actually have this as the name. You know that, right? Everything's printed, bud. It's too late to change it. No, 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 no. We should call it something less awful. Like uh the competitive Unified nerd training. Yeah, competitive unified nerd training. Yeah, that's way better. Jesus fucking Christ, you're both stupid. So, we have gone through a bunch of cool stuff that we're expecting for standard, but I want to do a guessing game. Guessing game time. And our guessing guessing game, game. for those that don't remember, or this is your first time, the guessing game is where we each have a card in our mind, and we try and give each other cryptic hints to guess it. If we're stumped on somebody else's card, we can always ask yes or no questions to try and help us get closer. And the card we're thinking of relates in some way to the episode. Today, we are doing our prediction for the breakout card of the standard season. So this, just so we know, this is a rule where the card can't already be like a multi-format statement. Okay, you can't pick okay. Shieldred because, like... <laughs> yeah, it already broke out. <laughs> this can't be, like, a standard... Like, this can't be one of the best cards in standard. You're just like, what card is going to improve its standing the most? Mm. I've got one in mind. How about you all? I have I got one. one. All right. I'm going to spin a wheel to see who is going first. Wheel of the, disappointment. The spinny wheel. Ashley's going to be first, I'm calling it, because it's rigged. It's rigged. It's always rigged. It's Kyle. <laughs> oh shit! I spoke it, spoke what? myself into existence. <laughs> I my cryptic hint is it's a horn that goes toot toot. Horn locked whale. 
No. <laughs> I thought of two, but I was like, no, that can't it be. It wouldn't be that easy. Horn, huh? Is it a is the card you're thinking of red? Yes. Is it Inti? No, but that that was my second because we we were because we is were he, gonna talk about tootin'. it briefly. He's tooting in his art, right? He's got a sword. It squiggles above the wolves text to me, y'all. How <laughs> dare you? No, but I I do love Inti a lot. But it is a red card. It is a red card. Is it an artifact? There's no red red artifact. Does it cost it. three or less mana? It costs more than three. But you can pay three mana and do something with it. Does it have the adventure mechanic? It does not. Does it have an ability where you can discard a card? Discard yes. this card. Or is this it card, trumpeting yes. carnosaur? It is trumpeting carnosaur. All right. Bold. The, that card's fucking good. Like, it, it's... I, I love that card. I think people should be playing more of it if you're playing a, a mid-range deck with red in it. Like, it's early removal, and, you know, <laughs> most of these decks are playing Cavernous Souls, just named Dinosaur pay six mana and it is just a great great card to play hard cast or cheating into to play with cruelty of kicks i i've been playing this card a lot and i absolutely love it i think it's gonna break out during standard season all right okay. next up is ashley it's me yep all right my cryptic. cryptic hint so going back to point two from the episode this card is better than one of my ho- most hated cards in pioneer And when I say better, I just mean better because one of the things I did not like about the previous card is not present on this one. Okay. So you didn't (laughs) like it in Pioneer. I did not like it in Pioneer. But it's kind of the same card here Mm -hmm. in Standard. So you didn't like it. Was it good against Mono White Humans? Or Mm -hmm. would it be? Was it in Mono White Humans? Yes. The, The card we're guessing at was not in Mono White Humans, but the card you're comparing it to was. Yes, correct. I just said that in the longest way possible. Is it Brutal Cathar? That was the card this is like, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, is it a fox? Wear mm-hmm. fox bodyguard. Yes. Yeah, I like that I card. I so agree with you. I yeah. really, really like that, that card. That card has flash. That's fucking crap. It's fucking crazy. Flash makes <laughs> it so much better. And the so word good. I was talking about is it doesn't have daybound. I hated daybound. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I said that in the... More than most cryptic, it was just unhelpful, but... It was still kind of funny. It was. It was great. But yeah, it has flash. That little fox is great, yeah. Yeah. Does the same effect. Stats It has an activated ability, right, where you draw a card, too? No, it's one in a white. You sacrifice werefox, and you gain two life. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, still, Mm -hmm. the card card is fucking great, yeah. Yeah. I mean, non-fox creature. You get to exile it under werefox. It can deal with... Children or any of the big dumb idiots people are playing right now. Yes, I like it. Yeah, and that I, leaves, I think I think it's oh, great. That leaves Anthony the standard man, <laughs> the standard stan. Okay, so I would like to say that I believe that my card that I'm thinking of would be the best card in a deck that manages to simultaneously punish the Cavern of Souls creature decks, the Make Disappear decks as well it's gonna simultaneously it's gonna nice it's gonna wedge itself in there like a sleepless child in the middle of their parents bed (laughs) and it's just going to squirm its way in there and be a problem it also annoyingly gets to fuck with a blood tithe harvester fuck with the 
like the activated ability of Blood Tithe or just Blood Tithe itself? Blood Tithe itself. So and it the activated good, ability. Yeah. It, it would be good against the Cavern of Souls creature decks, but also be played in it. Yeah, or... you'd probably play Cavern of you you might play Cavern of Souls in this deck. You might you probably wouldn't. It's just good against the decks that are trying to put creatures into play and attack okay. you with them. And it's good against the decks that are trying to make disappear your expensive threat. Is it blue? It is not. Huh. Okay. So would it be played in like the red black mid range decks? Nope, you would not be able to cast it. Okay. Is it green? Nope. So white? it has to be white. Yes. Okay, a white card. And it would go in exactly one deck. Exactly one deck. Mm. Is it a Boros deck? Okay. The card, for just to, for clarity, the card, you are correct, the card is exactly white. Exactly white, okay. Yeah, but it, and it also would not go into a Boros deck. It would go into a multicolor deck. That's pretty reasonable. Okay. Did you say it was a creature? I can't remember. <laughs> I did not say it was a creature, but it is. It is a creature, okay. okay. Less than three mana? No, no. Obviously, no more. Exactly, exactly three? three. That's right. Exactly three white creature. So, is it a? Would it be a human? It is not a human. Okay. Ooh, I'm. Tr I'm really trying to think of what it would be. I'm again is another an one. Angel? I feel real dumb. It is not an angel. Okay. It messes with blood tithe specifically. Does it have something to do with like destroying artifacts or something like that? It does not. It cares about the Blood Tithe Harvester's type line. It being a vampire? That's right. Does it have protection from vampires? It does. Oh, fuck. Mm. Oh, god damn it. What is this card? Oh, so it's not is it from Lost Caverns of Ixalan? It is not. Oh, okay. I mean, is it from Crimson Vow or... Crimson Vow, yes. Okay. Pro vampire and Crimson Vow. Okay. It is... Does it have two toughness? I hate oh, that I'm God. answering it this way, but no. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't like how you answered that. Jeez. Okay. Ask Does more it, questions about that. The, the, is it, so it doesn't have two toughness, but kind of is what you're kind of saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is it? Is it power two? No. Okay. Is it a one, one? <laughs> no. Is Ashley help? I'm is it an, is it a variable power toughness based on the text on the card? Yes. Okay. So are are they X or no. star? No. Okay. They are stars. They are star. Okay. Fuck. I can't think of what this is. But... I like I I honestly don't know what this card is. If I'm being completely okay, so honest. does it have a keyword on it? Did we establish that? Oh boy, yes, it does. Yes. Okay. So there's a keyword. What keyword would fuck with decks like this? Oh, the keyword itself doesn't fuck with it. The fact that it's three mana, extremely powerful, and there is a keyword that I think fucks with the creature decks an awful lot. Okay. By making their pressure meaningless. Does it prevent damage? Explicitly. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but in effect, if you said this keyword prevents damage, or I, I would say, yeah, I guess kind of. What the fuck? What did you pick? This is a, this is a pick from Anthony, who's like studied, like like standard for so long. Well, what do we know so far? We know that it, it is protection a from three mana star star with protection from vampires, and it's white, and it's white, it, mono white, correct? That's correct. And the deck that it belongs in one deck, and that deck is not Boros colors. Is it seeing any play right now? Fringe, Some? fringe. Yeah. Okay. Would it so be? It's, it's like a real breakout card, yeah. 
would it be a sideboard card versus a main deck card for the specific effect that it does? So I will, that's such a good question that I'm going to break the yes, no dichotomy and say that in standard, it is a main deck card, but it has been a sideboard card in Pioneer, specifically in Spirits. Oh. Oh, oh. fuck. Oh, it's the one that flips into an enchantment, right? That's correct. Oh, oh my God. fuck, what's her name? God damn it. Oh. I know what it does. Oh. Fucking hell. See, I, I knew I was going to be real mad. <laughs> does it start? No, it starts with. No, I'm going to be so upset. With an M? Yeah, I'm going to be fucking, uh, I'm going to feel real bad. There are three words in the title. One of them starts with an M. Must something. I want to say Magna, but it's not. <laughs> okay, you're very, very close. When you think of a name that starts with Ma. Ma. Spirit is its creature type. One or of one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, now, it's a, it, uh, Catilda, right? Yeah, I was going to oh, say yes, yes, it's Catilda, yeah. It's Catilda Dawnheart Martyr. It's a legendary creature spirit warlock with flying lifelink protection from vampires. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of permanents you control that are spirits and or enchantments. It says spirits and or, so and it doesn't or, count yep. spirit enchantments as two. And it's got Disturb for three white white. That is an aura that enchants a creature and gives the enchanted creature flying lifelink pro vampires and plus X plus X where X is the number of permanents that are spirit sent or enchant. I think I, that that green yeah. white enchantment deck is low to the ground and mm-hmm. mean and makes make disappear look foolish, but it also has the ability to put a giant lifelinker into play, which makes the Cavern of Souls deck look foolish. Okay. I think it gets to weasel into that gap in between those two opposite ends of this spectrum and really fuck some shit up. Yeah. Like that time that I got locked in a grocery store overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I absolutely love your pick. This this is great. This is a real, that real breakout really card. Yeah, that's that was that's really good. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly annoying to guess because once again, yes. <laughs> I picked something where the questions about power and toughness I couldn't answer as clearly yep. as I wanted to because it was null. It mm-hmm. was a zero. It had none. If, if you ask me what its information is, I'd have to say it was, if we had, to, if you guessed actual numbers, I would have had to say the creature is a zero, zero because that's what it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that would also be misleading because then it's a, it's also adjustable. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Killing it with the cryptic hints. Yeah. And that's yeah. not even cryptic. That was just. Man. And I was, I was. I was sort of proud of my cryptic hint before I started saying it, and then I'm like, that was not helpful. <laughs> and Anthony just blows it out of the park. Oh my god. Those were good, hey. though. Those were yeah. solid. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a ton and makes it easier for other players like you to hear what we have to say. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, Spotify, Peanut.fm, and iHeartRadio. One of those was not real, but we'll never tell. It was Peanut, wasn't it? Oh, shut the fuck up.